Staying in Contact. I'm London Mitchell. With this being the Halloween weekend and all thoughts turning to ghosts and goblins, let's remind ourselves that there are some allegedly very haunted places here in Ohio, such as the Ohio State Prison in Mansfield and what was once known as the Lunatic Asylum in Athens. Maybe you remember stories about the headless motorcycle rider in Bono? I do. In fact, there have been some strange occurrences in my own home, which was built 175 years ago, that might lead one to consider spirits. So for this installment, let's talk to someone who spends a great deal of time investigating the paranormal, our very own Josh David. It's interesting because we go out and experience different things. Um, you know, in one of the videos, we experienced a flashlight show where our flashlights were turning on and off and some of the different equipment um, was going on and off. And, and in the moment when you see those things, the first thing that comes to mind is something's wrong with my equipment, right? You're thinking like, there's got to be a reasonable explanation for this. That's not exactly what I'm looking for, which, you know, obviously what I'm looking for is some sort of paranormal activity. While I'm there, I get excited. Um, I want to be convinced. I start getting convinced. And then I think about it. I'm like, no, that can't be right. You know, I, I didn't see that right. But then when I'm back home and I'm editing the video and I'm watching everything and how it works in, in tandem and how, how it's almost, uh, it, it, it looks almost like it was put together um falsely like it's like it's not real but it, it is real that's when i start getting convinced that what i saw was definitely something beyond this world that we can all see so you kind of are convinced yeah. yeah otherwise you wouldn't be doing all this travel that you do <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah it gets expensive it's one of those things where like i think all of us have that skeptical side to us um, when you get out there and, and you get into the groove of things, when you see these old scary places, you're wanting things to happen. You're not convinced they will. And that, like I said, and then, and then they do happen. And then you look back and they're like, oh, okay, maybe that was something. And then occasionally you'll see stuff that just kind of works out. Like, you know, when you come to the world of the thought of maybe there's no coincidence and all this stuff is just kind of happening, um, because something's trying to talk to us, then you really start believing it. But about the second you say, I don't believe it, and, and, and maybe this is the better answer, because the second when you're thinking, I don't believe it, something happens to convince you that, oh, no, this is something that can't be explained. <laughs> Are some places more susceptible to paranormal activity than others, or can we expect it to be everywhere? I would say you can expect it to be everywhere. I think people say that, you know, the most haunted. Oh, that's a good tagline. That's going to bring pre people in, you know, because there is this there is this paranormal tourism thing I did not know about prior to doing all this. But that's that's a, that's a that's really a tagline to bring people in. But to answer your question, I think that you can find it anywhere. Are there places with more hauntings? Yeah, I'm sure there are, depending on what happened. I feel as though, for example, um, a few weeks back, we released the uh, video where we toured the school um, in Rudolph, just outside of Bowling Green. And last week, I released the jail video from the Williams County Jail. I feel 
myself that the school was way more haunted than that jail was based on everything that happened. Now, I don't have solid proof of that other than how I felt and what happened with our equipment. But, you know, I mean, in those terms, I would say that there was more going on, but also I think there was a lot more activity just in life at that school and maybe a lot more traumatic activity because that then became a uh, apartment complex that was on the lower end of things where the police were always called out there. And uh, I know some uh, EMTs around the area that had always been called out there when it was an apartment complex. So I think some more traumatic things happened at that building. And I think those are the things that we experienced that made the school a little more haunted than the jail. But I think there's something behind that. But when I think somebody, when somebody says the most haunted place in the city or the most haunted place in the country, eh, I don't buy into that because I've gone just random places and we've been able to uh, pull in, if you want to call it evidence, just about anywhere we can go if you just get in the right mindset and things can calm down a little bit. You really got to open yourself up to it. I think that's the big thing. All right. You use the word evidence. Yes. Tell me what what you would consider to be evidence and what kind of equipment do you use to collect this evidence? So the best evidence that I have is actually from a few years back and we were at the cemetery at a Secor Metro Park at a Wolfinger Cemetery and we were able to capture a voice an audio recording of somebody saying I want to come out and play it sounded like a little girl and if you know the history of that um, cemetery and the lore behind it it's said to be haunted by two little boys and a little girl and it what we got an audio actually kind of lined up with that lore. Um, I've gotten a few other voices or what could be considered voices since then in this, you know, since we've launched this new project, but nothing that clear. Um, other evidence might be, we have our, what's called the K2 meter, which um, I want to say that it measures electromagnetic um, fields and everything like that. It said that spirits and energies can manipulate that. So when you see that spiking out up, that could be considered evidence. I don't know that that's considered hard evidence, though. It's enough to get me excited when I'm out in the field doing things and I see that thing going off. But then you're looking at all your partners saying, does everybody have their cell phones off? Because if the phones are close enough to this thing, it'll go off. Um, that's one piece of equipment. We also have a REM pod. It's like a little disc with an antenna, and if something comes close to it or touches it, it starts going off. Um, that's one thing that cannot be manipulated by a cell phone or anything else in the area. It has to be touched. When that goes off, that's a little freaky. And we had that going off, I believe, uh, when we went to the school for the first time. That, that started really, really going off when we started asking questions. And, you know, if you're here, touch the little red uh, disc. That Something would touch it. It would go off. It was pretty insane. Um, I mentioned the audio recordings. I take with me uh, an old school analog tape player or tape recorder with me and a MP3 recorder. Since they record a little bit differently, I like to see if something will manipulate the analog tape versus the digital. Beyond that, uh, everybody asks me, well, what do you think? How would you think it would manipulate it? I'm not scientific enough to know why it would, but I do know they record differently. So I want to try that. Um, there are other things like. Um, motion sensors that can be taken. We started taking flashlights with us, those little mag lights that you can unscrew the top and they, they turn it on, on and off. And we'll do question and answer sessions with whatever might be in the room or in the building. And we'll say, if yes, turn the flashlight on, 
or turn it off if no. And we've got those flashlights to turn on and off without touching them. That's the, I would say next to that audio recording I just mentioned, that's one of the biggest pieces of evidence that I've seen. When, when you are getting almost um, smart responses, you know, um, when you're asking a series of questions and the flashlights are lining up with what you're saying, by the way, they're turning on and off, that's when you start getting really convinced. There must have been a time uh, in, in all your adventures when the hair on the back of your neck started to stand up and you felt that tingling through your body. Yes. Tell me about it. That was the first time that happened with this newer project. And when I, I talk about this newer project, we started this, or I started it um, back in the spring. And then one of my really good friends, um, she's a psychic medium I met up north. She joined in and we kind of, we're kind of collaborating with it. Her name is Tammy Schuster. Um, well, we started this, this this past year and I go back to the school. Um, when we were sitting at the base of the stairs in the school video, because the story behind the, the stairs is it goes up to a door that's supposed to swing wide open without anybody touching it. And it's all inside. Um, we're talking to whatever is there. You know, our flashlights are going off like crazy. All of our other equipment's going off. And as things got quiet, I felt like something was touching the back of my head. Now, keep in mind that if there are any spider webs, these ceilings are really high. We're in a stairwell. And then, you know, the goosebumps start coming across my arms. Legitimately frightened <laughs> you know and if you watch the video uh, up on the youtube page you can actually see the camera start to shake a little bit because that's how that's how frightening it was and it did happen again in the jail um we did a, a bit where they locked me down in a cell and all of our equipment started going off just outside the cell and as the temperature felt like it was going down where, where i was sitting and again it felt like something was touching my head and I got that same exact feeling, not as dark of a feeling as what I had at the school, but I had a feeling like something was there and something is messing with me. That was a wild feeling. So what do you tell someone uh, who is a non-believer and says, this is just a bunch of crap? Who are you trying to fool? I, You know, to each their own. Um, I get it. I've, I've heard a lot of that in the past. Um, you know, I, I'm not out to try to convince anybody of anything um this whole project i we call them investigations though i don't like to use that word as much as i like to use the word exploring because my goal in that youtube channel and these adventures isn't really to convince anybody of anything it's just if you're into it you want to be scared a little bit we shoot the videos in a way that the viewers are there with us we try to make the viewer the third or fourth person with us um if somebody's a skeptic that's totally fine i i've got i've got no problem with that until they start insulting me <laughs> then you're like okay now now you're just being a jerk about it but you know if if someone's not into it and, and some people get very offended by it um you've got people that that just that want nothing to do with it they don't want to hear anything about it as soon as you say a psychic is involved they don't want anything to do with you and that is absolutely fine but you know you just kind of let it roll if something says they if somebody says they're they're not into it that's totally fine here's a true story true story i live in a house that is 175 years young Ooh. and one of the first nights that my wife and i uh spent here we were laying in bed and we heard music 
Wow. Now, the house that we live in was the uh, one of the first, we won't say mansions, but one of the first big houses built in South Toledo. And it was a central part of the, uh, the area's uh, social scene. A lot of parties here. A uh, very influential family lived here. Wow. That's... I'm, kind, I'm kind of a skeptic, but that's a true story. We heard the music. And, and, you know, that's believable when we when we go to these areas that have that have had a lot of energy in them. And when I'm talking about energy, I'm talking about, you know, not just spiritual energy, but, you know, like like you said, if your house was the center of social gatherings and a party place for a lot of people, you know, who's to say that some of that residual energy couldn't be left there. And when things quiet down, you're opened up. And, you know, I've heard that right before you go to bed or as you're settling down or when you wake up first thing in the morning, that's when you're more open to seeing these things happen. That's why they happen in the middle of the night because your, your mind is shut down. You're relaxed. You're opening yourself up to things that you're not paying attention to in the day. So I don't know. (laughs) I've got the same stuff going on at my house, not the music, but it's, you know, I live in an old house too. And I see things every so often and I'm like, well, no, not here, (laughs) not here. (laughs) My wife is reminding me of uh, of another story, true story. Uh, she's up in the uh, upstairs uh, with our grandson, who was maybe three, four at the time. Uh, well, now she corrects me. He was two years old <laughs> and was asking her, who is that man standing there? Oh, and uh, he described a man who was holding a long rifle. Now, again, this house was built back uh, mid-1800s. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and that's another thing they'll say is, you know, you know kids are, you know, if, you, you know, if, it, if a kid says they have an imaginary friend, okay, <laughs> that, that might be something they're seeing that we're not. Pets also. You know, when I moved into my house and adopted Swanson, um, my staffy, he used to sit and just bark at the corner. And you're like, oh, okay, this is a little creepy now. <laughs> Oh, now you've got me creeping because we have a cat and she sometimes will just stare into a corner. Yep. We know there's nothing in the corner, but she's there staring. Josh, we, uh, we're almost out of time. Tell us how we can follow your adventures. You've got a YouTube channel, correct? Yeah, it's uh, two ways to get to it. If you go to youtube.com slash what's a Josh, or I've bought a domain, if you go to paranormalexploring.com, that'll take you straight to it. And you'll see the playlist there with all the videos. I think I might be up to around 10 now. We've got a few smaller ones um, from earlier in the spring. The two big ones were the jail and the school. Some new content still coming before the end of the year. So on that note, we leave you thinking about the paranormal and our upcoming All Hallows' Eve. Special thanks to my guest, Josh David. Again, view his videos at paranormalexploring.com. I invite your comments. Email me, london at londonmitchell.news. Please join me again next week, staying in contact.